Welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. I'm here with Jeff. Um, <laughs> yeah, so wait, so I'm guessing you didn't shave your head because you got your beanie on. Actually, I did, <laughs> but just the beanie's comfortable. I'm comfortable no, with my beanie on. <laughs> and that's crazy, like we're on the same box. So I was like, dang, I hope you don't show up like suited and booted. Oh, nah. <laughs> this okay, is okay. how I do my uh, all my events, beanie on. <laughs> good, good, good. So... Um, tell us about yourself. So I, w- I will say the reason why I picked you, um, I was on Clubhouse when Clubhouse was actually not crazy. It was actually like a right. good team. And <laughs> I was on this um, black male mental health chat t- mm-hmm. thing or whatever. And I'm always really interested in, in to see like the emotional workings of a black man, especially I have two brothers. We're mm-hmm. really, really close. Um, I love men. And so it's just like, I just like, want to know like what's really going on you know because right. we always have all these questions as to especially black women there's like so much love but still so much of a disconnect so that's why I was on that and just mm-hmm. hearing all of y'all speak like it's you and it was a bunch of others I was like wow this is amazing but you specifically was the whole God and therapy thing I know that mm-hmm. a lot of black people grew up in the church and stuff like that but we're not much so um you know into therapy mental health it's right. getting as of the past two three years or mm-hmm. so so everything you were saying, I was like, yes, yes. This is great, <laughs> great. So um, yeah, I'm glad to like have you on. I'm glad I actually followed you. And on Easter, I was like, oh my God, like I should have him on. That's perfect to yeah. do something like that for like an Easter special. So thanks for coming. Yeah, um, yeah. Let the people know like who you are. And honestly, this is for me too, because we were just like kikiing about how, wait, how do we, you know, how does yeah. that work out? <laughs> so like, tell me more about like who you are personally and then all about your brand. And then we can just go into all of the other topics. Okay, perfect. So yeah, again, my name is Jeff. Um, Jeff Cuthbertson. I'm actually here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, went to VCU for undergrad, Liberty for grad. I am right now currently um, an in-home counselor, in-home intensive counselor. So I work with adults and children. So it's qualified mental health professional where we deal with a lot of their um, mental health issues, um, such as um, opposition to defiant behaviors, PTSD, okay. bipolar, things of that mm-hmm. nature with the children like and adults. Intense, yeah, extremely, extremely right. intense. Um, and that's why it's intensive in home. So a lot of it needs to be hands on, and it's not really as structured as um as you coming into my office and we're kind of right. scheduling that one a month sessions. I also am a substance abuse counselor working at the local method methadone clinic, and so I deal with um, those individuals with their opiate addiction along with the meth- mental health issues mm-hmm. as well. So it's kind of like a co- combination of both, where people will self medicate themselves. Um, that's their response to dealing with their uh, mental health issues and things of that nature. So that's two jobs that I do. And two things I do, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning and I go from two, from 5.30 to two with the mental health, I mean, not the mental health, but the substance abuse. And then mm-hmm. right after that, I go into the in-home counseling. And then I also do now, I've created God Plus Therapy and I didn't create it, actually God gave it to me. And just like you said earlier, know your audience, know, um, think about who you might be talking to. God bless therapists for that individual who just does not know how to pray or is tired of hearing the response, just pray about your mental health issues. Right. right. Um, because they, even though prayer works and it gives you the tools and it gives you the peace and everything you need, but after you get up from that prayer, that's 90% of the time, you're going to still feel that fear. You're still going to feel right. that imposter syndrome. You're still going to feel the anxiety, the depression, all of those things. You're still going to feel those things Physically. And so when you the, the, the thing that God plus therapy says is we have to add the work to you. And the work is therapy. Therapy comes in so many different forms. It's easy for you to come into my office and let me lay you down on the couch with my clipboard right. and talking to you. 
and trying to figure out your your past histories. But mm-hmm. therapy can look so much different than that. Therapy can be mm-hmm. you and a significant other baking a cake in the kitchen. Therapy can be you and your family mm-hmm. building the fort on Sunday evening. Therapy can be you going on a girls' night. Therapy can be you and your and the brothers sitting around a bonfire having a cigar and drinking some bourbon, um, and just talking about the last game or something like that. There's so many right. different forms of therapy. It can be you doing yoga. It can be you doing um just meditating in the middle of your room in complete silence. There's so many different forms to achieve that therapy that um people overlook those things and people just say, hey, I, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm just not comfortable going to someone, talking to someone like that. Yeah, well, if that's I don't the know case, them. Then, right? I don't know them. I'm not yeah. going to share my stuff with them. Well, if that's the case, then you have a beach right up the street. You have a park right up the street where you can sit down and actually discuss those things with yourself by journaling or by doing a voice uh, voice log of those things. And so, those are the three things about me. That's how I, I guess you could say, how I make my money. That's where the money resides. In those three right. things, right, right. <laughs> where the money resides. Uh, so what made you like what made you personally well before this mm. can we okay hmm. before this <laughs> we always go into pen pal letters as an icebreaker okay but normally our pen pal letters are real light to break mm-hmm. the ice but this person asked something that wasn't that light but we can just go into it because that's just Let's the order it. of the show normally Let's do and it. i was like okay he's better at this than i would in a <laughs> sense where like they basically ask about being like agnostic like and Ooh. what you and agnostic have you heard yeah. that before? Kind of, yeah. Go ahead, so keep going. Like a person who believes that nothing is known or can mm-hmm. be known of the existence of nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomena. A person mm-hmm. who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So someone asks that. So I'm just like, okay. So, so I, ask, think, so I think, uh-huh. I can go first. Go ahead. Okay. So what, what I think is that that's just somebody who hasn't felt like what God really truly is or even if they have they that's like they wouldn't label it as such you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because I think I feel God in all different types of ways Mm -hmm. and I also believe in believing whatever you want to believe in but for me like in a material sense I've seen him come out in material things like Mm -hmm. all throughout my life like Mm -hmm. me sitting right here it like having this flesh is material to me so that's what I think about that specifically and for someone who believes in that I would kind of just ask for them to like think like is your mind being closed off to the sense mm-hmm. because of all of the negative stuff that people say about god and religion or like have you know like why or is it just a question of just like thought or why haven't you like took the time to kind of like sit down and really think about like where does this come from mm-hmm. um and and it might be someone i'm guessing is like who probably have seen a lot of negative stuff when it comes to mm-hmm. god and they're just like mm-hmm. you know what i don't really see who this person is mm-hmm. how can i even like believe this in a sense or yeah. whatever um so that's kind of what I think and then also with religion period I I did want to say this as well before I started I think that like I think religion is more so like where you were placed in the world although I believe in God it's like where you were placed in the world and it all kind of means the same thing it's all a higher power a higher being it's all Mm -hmm. like a moral code in a sense Mm -hmm. um but there's different stories there's different things and to each his own as long as you're Mm -hmm. a good person and you're not messing Mm -hmm. with me or my people Mm -hmm. like you're mm-hmm. good or whatever so yeah that's I think that's what I think about like religion period and then about that as well I just think mm-hmm. whoever is questioning that just continue your journey of spirituality and finding mm-hmm. it from all over the place like who knows mm-hmm. but I will say personally I felt I felt God I've seen I've seen him over and over again in different material things mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. His, his question was what what would I say to someone like that like what, like, what do you think about it 
Oh, what do I think about it? So here's the yeah. thing. So um, it's broad. You can take it wherever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the funny thing about that, and I love that question. Um, here's the thing. Anytime I do a session, right. anytime I do a group, um, a group, a facilitator group, or anything of that nature, mm-hmm. I tell them two things. Especially my substance abuse groups, right? I tell them two things. One, it's two things you need to know about me because if you don't know these things about me, you're not going to get what I'm trying to get onto you or get you to right. understand. And the first thing you need to know is I've been where you've been. I've been through a substance abuse issue. I've been through alcoholism, the whole night. I tell them that. And that's kind of relate with them, okay? The second thing I tell them, I'm unapologetically a man of God, right? I tell them that. Now, right after I tell them that, I tell them, I'm not telling you this to push my faith onto you. And so I would tell that individual too. I'm not telling you this to push my faith onto you. I'm just telling you what I believe in. And what I would follow up with is I just want you to find something to believe in. Because if you don't believe in something, you're going to fall for everything. Right? And so here's the thing. And I tell them that all the time. I tell them, if I can scream for the Pittsburgh Steelers the way I do on Sunday afternoon, I can definitely have that same passion, the same energy for Jesus and for the kingdom, right? And so I tell them that all again. I make sure I remind them that I'm not pushing my faith on you. I just know how I got my peace. Just lost my mother and my uh, grandmother last um, last year. I know where I get my peace from, how to deal with that grief. Lost a job, went through a divorce. You know, I know where I can go through, go to to get my peace. And so, I, again, I don't push that onto him. Now, another thing I tell people, someone who's who who may who may resonate with him, is I tell them a lot of people make Christianity too big, too too big. It's mm-hmm. not that big. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if you you can call it meditation, prayer, it's all the same thing. Okay. <laughs> it's literally all the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're literally trying to. Uh, uh, build a consciousness in yourself because once you increase your consciousness, your manifestation will increase, right? right? So when you're meditating, you're trying to center yourself. You're trying to find where you are. You're trying to listen to your heart. You're trying Clarity. to listen to your emotions, clear your head. When you're praying, you're literally centering yourself, but you're just talking to God. So the answer, because you're talking to someone who already knows what you're going through. He already knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to say it out loud so you can hear yourself going through Recognize it. Recognize that make no the difference. change is necessary. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no, no difference. Christians call it worship. We call it, we are, uh, the world, they call it uh, enjoying, having a joy, enjoying music. That's pretty, yeah, pretty much joy, real. joy, joy and ease. Right, right. Right. And so, and so it's just no difference. I just challenge people, encourage people, not going to challenge people, but encourage people right. to not just make it such a big deal. Oh, now I'm Christian. Now I got to, Speaking tongues. I don't know how to speak in tongues. And I don't know if I really want to speak in tongues. I don't know what's going on. What's going on right there? So that's not that's not my ministry. I'm not gonna try to do it and not gonna force it on myself. Okay. I'm not gonna do that. If I find myself in a situation where I feel like I can't pray right then, then I just find one verse and I meditate on. So again, you just find one little thing, one small thing, and not try to make it this big thing and think that okay, all right, I believe in you, God. Now I'm ready for this Holy Spirit to to right. make That's me a zombie it's not gonna look like that just like you say he can speak through a song he can speak through a conversation he can speak through a movie he can speak through so many different things and people just feel like it's this loud voice that's coming out of thunder it sounds like thunder when he says what are you doing with my son oh or my, my God, daughter God. and it's like y'all need to stop watching these movies and i think when people when people start making it too big and too much of and overpowering and overwhelming then they tend to say you know what i don't want to deal with that i don't want to that makes me scared. So I'm going to go off and I'm going to believe in the trees and the birds and all of that stuff. And again, I'm not knocking that because I want you to believe in something because I don't want you it's to fall for every single yeah. thing. But it's literally the same because you're believing in something that God has created. Yeah. So. I like what you said, like the theme of it all. And even what, what I would say, and when, like I've been in church my whole life, but when I say I really like knew who God was, 
for real, for real, was when I was 18. And then I had like another, there's levels, another, you know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, it really is in a simple, plain and simple, like how I found like peace for real, for real, because mm -hmm. life is crazy as hell. It's going yeah, to shank you, but like mm -hmm. that peace is something I wouldn't trade for the world. And to me, that feeling is, there, I don't need to see no materials but to right. feel for that. You know what I'm saying like, that's like priceless, honestly. So, yeah. cause that's really all that we need. I don't know, but I love that. That's good. Now you know that you're right. You're right. Life is that. crazy. If we don't have something to give us that peace. We're going to fall victim to that adversity yeah. and whatever life throws at us. All these it ain't no material. Life. You're going to lose all your stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we should, so it's like, you think at it, you think about it. Christian, the Christianity world, the, uh, the Christian mind calls it the attacks from the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. The world, we just call it life is crazy. Right, <laughs> you throw, life is throwing punches at me. Like, <laughs> so it's it's For all real. it's all the same thing. It's just worded differently. That's good. So okay, so back to your story. So, mm -hmm. um, what made you be like, hey, I want to be a therapist or go to school for that? Okay, so great. No, that's another great question. I have mm -hmm. been through just like everybody else, been through a world of mess, right? A world of mess. And ironically, believe it or not, um, this has been a calling on me since I was man, since God knows when. Um, I just remember everyone always, even up until, even in like high school, going into college, I just remember people always coming to me, Jeff, what do you think? What do you think I should do? I'm like, bro, what? Like, why is this, why is everybody, like, I'm a follower, Jeff, and everyone always will say, Jeff, you are a leader. People are going to follow you. You're going to, I was the point guard on the team. The way you move is how the team's going to move. I was one of the captains on the defensive football. Well, the way you play is how people are going to, going to play. So I need you full energy, full this, and it's like, what, what is this? Never really paid any mind to it. In actuality, so when I graduated from high school, I mean, high school, college, um, VCU, I went into criminal justice. I was a probation officer for 13 years. Mm -hmm. So for I went into my first career doing this, mm -hmm. but it was frustrating. It was completely frustrating because as a probation officer, which probation to my mind does not work because it's more focused on, are you going to work? Are you, are you living in the same place? Are you right. using, okay, now you, now that's done. Come back next week or come back next yeah, month. It's really like, do more. Right. Than that. Yeah. And it's like, they were giving us these questions and these practices to, to do, and it's the same thing I need to do with an 18 year old black male with a 44 year old like white system, man. And it's yeah. like, whoa, that you can't, you can't do that. I can't talk mm -hmm. to, I can't use the same questions I'm talking to a 52 year old white male to a, a 32 year old black female or a black right. woman, you right. know? And so it's like, it's, it's, it was just, it was just, it was like stifling. Like I, I couldn't be free. I couldn't be who got what God had created me to be. And I remember times where I'll be in offices and meetings and things. And I'll say like, hey, this is not getting to the core. We're right. not going to reduce racism because the fact we're not figuring out why they are actually doing what they're doing. We're mm -hmm. just kind of like playing numbers. Like you mess up, violate them. It's like, I felt like a professional snitch. <laughs> like literally like, mm -hmm. he, oh, judge, he did this. You yeah. do something to him. It's like, mm -hmm. at what point do we get to the point where we get to the core of these things? At what point do we get to the why? Because once we figure out the why, now we're able to figure out a solution and come together with a plan on how to stay out of the system and stay away from the thought process that you need to do this to survive, you know? Right. And so once I, so it wasn't me, God literally took me out of that because he, I literally started identifying myself as that. Like I identify, people ask me, what are you? I'm like, I'm a probation officer. And I was like, that's not what you are. So I need to hurry up and get you out of this. So he literally snatched me out of it. And that was that was heartbreaking. Like I think about something that you did for 13 years and then God, uh, God was like, nope, I'm gonna take you away. Like, like took you like just 
Are you guys tired? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. So here, how, how crazy like that was wasn't even your plan. That wasn't. Yeah, plan. it wasn't my plan or nothing. It, it, the fight was out of nowhere. They moved me to the game unit. I went to game training after that. Came back. They were like, "You didn't do what you're supposed to do," and I was like, "But you just gave me this caseload." Like, and then once I got the caseload, I was shipped off like the next two days mm-hmm. to go to a weekend training. And mm-hmm. it was so it was such an uproar that every PO then office like PO started leaving. It was like, yo, they're doing you wrong. You need to do grievances. And I was like, it's, I mean, I'm at peace right now. It's like, how can right. you be at peace? Like, they're not supposed to do this. And I was like, yo, I'm going to be honest you, going back to God, like, literally provided peace. Now, the next morning when I woke up and laid on that couch and I looked around, I was like, what? The devil. I'm not at peace. I'm not at peace. I'm not right. at peace. I'm like, I don't got no job. I'm yeah, I don't got no job. I'm like, what is this? And it was crazy. Even when I was in probation, um, a lot of my coworkers were doing um, in-home counseling. So I was like, what is this? Because that's what we normally do. I was like, what is this? I got introduced to it. And mm-hmm. the guy was like, hey, in order for you to do this, you need to go back to school. So I was like, I was thinking about going back to school. So I'm going to go back and get my master's. So mm-hmm. I went to Liberty and got my master's in um, criminal justice counseling. So not only was I getting it in counseling and learning how to be a counselor, and how to be a therapist, I was also getting it in criminal justice and, and getting it in the law and getting it into getting it where um, I'm learning about um, unprivileged neighborhoods and things of that mm-hmm. nature, how to navigate through their psyche, yeah, their mindset, their mindset. So I was it's like, getting kind of like what you were saying before about mm-hmm. how you can't give them it the just, same system. It lined up. I, I really do hate like when I had like horrible insurance, I had to, I, I still went to therapy. I don't care. But it was like government therapy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just right. noticed because I went to school for psychology for my undergrad and, and I have my mm-hmm. master's as well. Yeah. And I just noticed like the questions and stuff like you can't ask me this stuff. Like I am not, this is not my demo for like what you're trying to help me with. And I realized like how many people are really just a number and like how much it sucks that like people who don't have any money or who don't have whatever, like there's, they just get treated like in a certain way, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. Cause I've seen both sides. Like I've had went from good to bad to back to good. So it's just like, yo, the whole system is just like, why is it like that? That's yeah. It was, it's, it's a horrible system. And so I, I saw, I got into that counseling and home counseling and started loving it because it was no, it was no ropes there. It was no boundaries there. It was like, Hey Jeff, do what you have to do to get this individual to feel better about themselves. Do what you have to do to get this individual to become mentally strong. I said, I love this. I love it. And I dived into it. And I was like, man, I wish I could just do this full time, but this ain't going to pay the bills. And so now I'm laying on the couch after getting fired and, but I'm still doing the in-home counseling. So I said, okay, God, show me what it is what you want me to do. Next thing I know, he he uh, he said, go create with the information that you learn and the lessons that you learn and, and the trainings you got. Go create your own company. Go create your own counseling firm. I said, cool. Mm-hmm. I started off doing that. Then mm-hmm. I, while I was doing that, I turned it, um, someone directed me to the methadone clinic. So now, I'm, now I have a full-time job with the in-home counseling and doing mm-hmm. the same thing. And then I created this thing called, uh, it was called um, Impact Counseling with an M. It was like mountains, moving through mountains. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I started off going well. It was, I was getting speaking engagements. I was turning myself uh, turning myself into a motivational speaker and all of this stuff. Brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a brand coming and then boom, COVID hit. I was mm. like, oh. That's what COVID okay. is a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, right, here so. we go. Now. <laughs> this is different. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of fell down. If you notice, I do have that page still on Instagram, but I still I just do a little bit with it. But it create boost. Um, so when it fell, it gave it provided space and opportunity for God to put a new thought in my mind, which was God plus therapy. Mm. And just putting everything together. Which because so I was yeah, and I was I kept hearing people say, yo, I'm tired of people telling me to go pray about this. 
I'm tired of pretty privilege. Like, that was that like, was questions. Like it's right. like God is not a genie. Like, and it's just kind of like, yes, pray about it. And I believe in miracles too. Like, yeah, doing some stuff. I'd be like, oh my God, like what? But the work though, like the work is for real, for real. Like, okay, so what do you think about this quote? This is from much of you if you've heard of her, Dr. Anita Phillips. She is okay, yeah. So she's a good friend. She's a good friend. (laughs) Dope. She's so dope. She always says, when you are emotionally healthy, you are more powerful spiritually. Because mm-hmm. I do believe that there's some Christians that really just don't think that they need that, period. So, so with that quote, I love that quote because I tell pastors all the time, if your congregation is emotionally healthy, they're going to be stronger for your church. They're going right. to want to serve. They're going to want to tithe. They're going to want to be all in with your organization. So I tell pastors right. all the time, you don't want a spiritually healthy church or you want that. But before you get there, you want an emotionally healthy church because mm-hmm. they can be spiritually healthy but they can still be hurt. Right. They can still be good. Here's the perfect example of that. And this is why I love, I love, I love what God has given me, this gift he's given me, because I literally can take stories in the Bible and show people how therapy has played a part in them. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. the perfect example of that, that statement. Mm-hmm. The woman that was, um, the woman that was bleeding for 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. And tired for those 12 years, you can't sit here and tell me she wasn't facing anxiety, depression, right. isolation. Nobody wanted to talk to her. She was probably think she was probably wanting to kill herself. She probably had suicidal thoughts. Right. I'm talking PTSD. I'm talking everything that you could probably think of. She was probably going through it. And this is how yeah. you know when she touched God, she was physically healed. If you go back and read that story, I encourage you to go back and read that story. Mm-hmm. She was healed twice in that whole story. If you think about it, reading it, it says she was healed twice. If she t- if once she touched God, even with even this is what a sound mind can do. Even with all those negative thoughts, that one thought she had, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. She was able to focus on one solid thought, one positive thought. And I can encourage people, if you can just focus on one positive thought, it can change your situation. Literally change your situation. It can create a behavior that's going to cause you to change your situation. So what happens is she touched him. What happened? She physically is healed. She's not bleeding no more. But watch this. When Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? She still was scared to stand up and say it was her. Yeah. Because she still felt like she pain. was that person. Yeah, she still, she, she was physically healed. All of that stuff. Yeah. Yes, she was physically healed. On the outside, I'm good. On the outside, I look good on Sunday morning. Right, I'm good right. on Sunday morning. I'm oh coming with my Sunday best. I got my smile on, but I just left an abusive relationship before I got here. So mentally inside, I'm horrible. I'm cracked. I'm, I still feel incomplete. Right. And so she was scared to say, she was like, it was me. Even though I'm physically healed, I'm not bleeding no more. I don't stink no more. I'm, I'm good now. But it was me. It was me, God. It was me, Jesus. And so Jesus said, come here. Jesus literally come there and said, come here. And this is the only place in the Bible he said, my daughter, you are healed now. And the reason he did that, because Jesus knew she was healed physically, but he knew that her mental wasn't right. right. And so Jesus said, yo, and think about this. Think about when you have a peace that passes all understanding. You're going to, your, your, your giving is going to be stronger. Your serving, your heart is going to be strong. You're just going to be operating a sober mind and a mind that is like, I can, I can overcome anything. And when God said, when Jesus said to her, you, my daughter, you are now healed. She's not only was she healed physically, but she was healed mentally. And now she can walk away and say, you know what? I'm a completely new person. Right. And it all started off with focusing on one thought. Right. Allowing that one thought to create a behavior that changes the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think people think that it's just so much work, which it 
Like it, it it's not, but it is. And sometimes yeah. healing is not easy. That's another thing people think yeah. that, okay, I'm going to go to therapy and I'm everything's going to be fixed. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. that either. You know, it's like, it's a work in progress, just like your relationship with God is a work in progress as well. Right. Um, so that, that is so good. And you said that, um, that's the only time that God said that to somebody. The only the- time he would call someone his daughter. That's the only right. time because he knew how critical it was. Right. He knew and that's the thing about- like yes. Right. And that's why you need God plus there because he knows exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. He knows, he knows if you're gonna if a beach is gonna do it or a park is gonna do it or riding jet skis gonna do it or t- getting flued out gonna do it. Like he yeah. knows, he knows, you know, I'm saying right? but he knows he knows what what type of therapy you need. Mm-hmm. He knows what to say to it, which is why you need to add him to it. You can't just go out here and just do therapy by itself. You can't just go out here and just do God by itself. Right. You add both of them to it. That work is going to create right. evidence, and that evidence is going to create a stronger faith. Yeah, and then even with the stronger faith and evidence also, because I think a big part of faith is sharing that with somebody else and bringing That's, someone else up mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And if sometimes people are just like, well, you still doing this, this, and that, are you still acting this sad or whatever mm-hmm. and you all up in the church so why would i go whatever but mm-hmm. the both of those that's really not going to be the case like Correct. people seriously see like true progression and not because of a fear of god although we do fear god like as we should but like mm-hmm. in a sense of like i want this for myself and mm-hmm. he wants it for me you know mm-hmm. like so i think that'll just encourage more people to you know become yeah. believers also yeah i agree that's it. So, like, what do you think that the real thing was? I, I want to say was with um church, like with the church and therapy, because I know there's like, of course, like counseling, like marriage mm-hmm. counseling, but it's from the pastor and whatnot. But like, um, I grew up seven day Venice, and I went to a, like a Kenyan church, so it's a mm-hmm. different story. So, in the black church specifically, like, what do you think the thing was with just people going to therapy? People or not people educated. Not- or people are acknowledging that something's wrong or not even mm-hmm. wrong, but you know. People are not educated. And when right. you're not educated, you create assumptions, you create lies, you create myths, you right. create these bogus stories. I'm gonna be real with you. Yes, I'm gonna apologize, man, God, but you create these BS. <laughs> you right. create a lot of BS mm-hmm. when it comes to that. And then I, and then once you create those things, you tell someone else. And then you mm-hmm. tell someone else with you, your thoughts. And then you, they tell someone else. Now there's a whole stigma around it. Mm-hmm. right there's a whole once there's a stigma around it once that stigma is stamped on that thing everybody turns his back from it or everybody's yeah, afraid to is, i would want to say sorry cut you off but like no, no you're fine that, that you're crazy if you yes. go or you know yep. or that yep. like something's wrong like you're not holding your shit together and especially yep. like, it's like women it. like you trying to be strong and stuff but it's like this is like this 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 life especially living in america like black people period it, we already have everything to deal with you know and it's okay to admit, like, hey, I'm not okay right now. I need some help. Like, right. I, right. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And, and again, once you have that stigma on it, now you have pastors who are afraid to touch it, who are afraid yeah. to go there because they don't want to lose their congregation. But I encourage pastors. I talk to my pastor all the time, like, bro, yeah. we, we definitely need to talk about this because you don't want to lose people because of their mental health. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose people. You want to lose people because because you convicted them. If you just said something on that right. thing and, and and they hit home and they don't want to be touched anymore, they don't want to go there anymore because now you place them in an uncomfortable space and they don't know how to live in an mm-hmm. uncomfortable space. You don't want to lose people because they're just un, they're mentally not healthy. So we yeah. we have like you said, we have these couples ministries, these singles ministries, these these, these 
usher ministries and all these other like counseling sessions and all this stuff, but you never hear any church say, you know, and now you can say any church, but there are churches out there. Now they are. Who, yeah, yeah, now they are. Yeah. And I love those type of those type of churches, but yeah. then you don't really have those those revivals for mental health revival, you know, like where people can come and just literally get sh- mentally strong and having some some licensed people there to answer questions because without answered questions, there is no wisdom and there's no education. Without that education, here comes that stigma again. Yeah. And a lot of things is like the, their thoughts that people have that like they just think no one else has, like mm-hmm. whether it's a suicidal thought, whether it's like addiction and stuff like that. Cause even if it's not addiction in a sense as you're on the street, there's like you say, like a self, like self-medicating and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and being able to function very much so highly, be yeah. at church and everything, but you're still like, you know, addicted, but you think it's just you. So I think that's like would be like that's why we need this. Yeah, stuff like definitely. That. Okay, so um, I think one thing, this might be off the topic, but we gonna just go with this. But um, one it. thing <laughs> is that I think as like I walked with, like it, it, through my journey and stuff, now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, like hearing from God and like what he wants me to do other than what I wanna do, right? And like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, you were talking about how it's not this like daunting big voice, like telling mm-hmm. you what to do and stuff like that. And as of recently, I started like fasting or just start like, you know, doing it here and there, whatever, whether it's for a week, whatever the case may be, and like just gaining that clarity. So um, speak more on that in a sense. And like, um, I guess like what it, I mean, your experience personally with okay. like conversations from God, which you kind of did as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, like what that feels like and sounds like, especially when it comes to dating. Like okay, I got you. <laughs> my brothers and sisters and like, seriously, like we, you think, you know, me, you don't know. And then it's like, does he want this for me? Does he not? Mm-hmm. I think he does. I could have sworn he told me that that was my mm-hmm. man. I thought mm-hmm. that like he said that, but what's really going on. And like the line between like doing the work and then just letting go and letting God, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like really mm-hmm. hearing from him, like, it's like a, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, that's a dope question, actually. So, here's okay. the thing I definitely will go in detail about how God, how I've heard God voice before and yeah. how He physically shown shown Himself. But the thing about, um, let's take your example for like dating, for, for example, mm-hmm. it's what you have to understand is like in, in First Corinthians, I think, I know it's in there between Genesis and Revelation, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, what I'm about to say. Exactly. Um, it's a, it's, it says, be guarded, period. Says be guarded, period. And so you always want to be guarded. You always want to protect your gift. You always want to protect that gift. Mm-hmm. And that gift I'm speaking of is mm-hmm. the life that God has given you. Mm-hmm. You always want to be protective of that. Think about when you get that new car. I wish somebody would cut me off or park too close to it or right. let a, a shopping cart try to run into it. like, Or let somebody try to key it or like, I'm going to park a little bit further away because I don't want nobody to open the door and accidentally hit my new car. If you hit my new car, don't try me, try Jesus. Exactly. Like Straight up. So you want to be guarded with your life. You want to be guarded. You always want to say, you know what? God has given me this thing. I can't just let anybody touch it. That's good. I can't just let anybody play with it. You know? Um, and so then right after that, it says, stand firm in what you believe. So what is it that you believe in? Like, are you standing firm in that you believe that you're fearful? Or are you standing firm that you are courageous? Right. So what am I, what am I standing firm in? What am I 
10 toes down, I'm not in moving. This situation, right? You know, I'm not moving. This is what I am. I'm courageous. I'm not going to let some hillbilly, whatever this dude is saying to me or doing to me, he may be saying anything, but his behavior not being natural. Well, you know what? I know what I am. Yeah. So I'm standing 10 toes down and I'm not moving mm-hmm. because of what I believe in. So I can care less of what you got going on over here. Now, for a personal example, so... So yeah, that's the thing. You want to make sure that you stand, you you know what you believe in, because God is telling us to stand firm in what you believe in. Some some Bible says it says stand firm in your faith. Okay, mm-hmm. stand firm in knowing that God is telling us to be courageous and not fear, not be fear uh, full of fear. Right, and not be you insecure know? and not, not be insecure, not be all of that. Like, because God was like, yo, I created. If you're gonna guard this thing, to act like you guarded something dope. <laughs> stop it. treating yourself as like an old Sonata or old Honda. Right. You know? <laughs> like, right. Stop treating yourself that way. And so, so my personal story, I've been divorced. Okay. Right. Inside of that divorce, I learned, I, I went through counseling, went to therapy, mm-hmm. went through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I learned inside that divorce that I didn't effectively communicate my thoughts and feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, so the reason I didn't, and, and because of that, I didn't give her a chance to even be my, my wife. Right. She didn't even have a chance. So yeah, there was some things that she did and some things, and that's what I did. And that hits when you don't even have a chance. Think about how frustrating that would be for you, right? right. <laughs> like I'm like your husband, not even give you a chance. Right. To like so, in a, in, in a sense, just to make sure we're making it clear, because I get it for, but for the people, like you didn't even give her that space to like really mm-hmm. be there for you to work in it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you weren't even a- expressing mm-hmm. those things. Imagine, imagine for my brothers who's gonna be listening. Imagine being the dopest dude on the team, but coach ain't even give you a chance to play, and he's sitting you on the bench. You sitting there like I'm right. better than all y'all. If you could just give me a chance to get on the court, and a lot of times what we're gonna do is we're gonna be like, all right, well, this he ain't seeing my potential. I'm gonna transfer. I'm gonna go to another right. school. You know. So and so it's just like that. It's the same situation where I didn't give her a chance, and I learned that inside of counseling. I learned that I didn't communicate myself in the way. Now I'm a, I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel. How mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel what is going on in my mind. Now, I said that because this is how God God speaks. I said that because I remember after the divorce, I went, I fell deep. I mean, deep into a hole. You remember when Orange is the New Black came out? Mm-hmm. So picture this: picture a young man living in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Trust me, you don't want to know what that's up. You don't want to know what was no, it. I don't. Trust me, you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to know. So imagine mm-hmm. living in that in, in a space, a space like that, or a place there, coming home on Monday through Thursday, sitting in the dark, laying on the couch, holding his cell phone, right, watching Orange is New Black, with a bottle of Hennessy beside him. We're not talking about like, the airplane bottle. We're not talking about I the little like, personal bottle. I was gonna say a bottle of wine. Nah, we talking the seven hundred and fifty milliliter boy, and he drinking all of that or half of that on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday and Saturday, you get two because it's the weekend. Mm-hmm. Waking up and taking shots because you feel like you can't operate in life unless you have some type of um, substance in your body, right? So that's how bad it was. I'm talking isolation. And going to too. work while going to work? Yes. Okay. Functioning. I'm talking a se- severe, severe case of isolation where I wouldn't even pick up the phone for my mother, right? Yeah. Nobody. And so moving on to that, moving back home with my mom and trying to get myself together. And I realized, and, and one thing I did, God spoke to my mom. He spoke to my mom. Because you think you got to think, okay, how did the guy who was doing that can be the guy that's standing in front of you right now? Right. And so he used my mom. And so I want y'all, I want people to hear this clearly. Like, again, he's not going to use this big, he's not going to come down and thunder his voice. He's going to use something that's close to you, that meaningful to you, because he knows you're going to listen to that. 
maybe it's your favorite song. You know, maybe it's your favorite book or maybe it's a favorite podcast. Maybe it's your favorite, your best friend. For me, it was my mom. My mom was my rock. She was everything for me. Right. Right. And so she came to me and literally in my in our house and she I was sitting on the edge of the bed and she was hitting me in my chest just like this. She was like, this is not the man I raised. Yeah. You can do better. So I was like, whoo. Like the whole, like, it was just like, like, boom, it just came out of me. And I was like, right, right I got to do better. And I got back into probation. So that's, look now, if you hit, listening to me, that's the first time I lost my job. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah okay. That was the first back. time. Okay. <laughs> then I went back to probation. I went back to being a probation officer, came back to Richmond, Virginia. And then I was like, oh man, I'm back home. I'm back in Richmond. This is where it all right. started. I went to school here. I know if my frat here, like my friends here, like I'm back. Like the prodigal son is back. Let's get it. Let's party. We're rocking yeah. now. You know what I mean? It's lit. So I'm back out and I'm not even thinking that I should be addressing this thing in a certain way. Now watch how God speaks. This is how God speaks. One of my good friends called me, right? One of my good friends, one of those lawyer friends, where he called me, I said, yo, I got you no matter what. I'm on the way to, you know what Howard University is? They have this party doing homecoming called Henny Palooza. I'm still mm-hmm. drinking. I'm still oh, wilding my, out. You, my yeah. people are do say, well, yes. <laughs> now I do say Palooza, but yes. Shout yeah, so we have Henny Palooza. Low, love you guys, but yeah. <laughs> Let's get it. Uh-huh. And so my best friend flew from Florida because my birthday weekend came up. I'm in the car on 95. You know 95. You're from North. Mm-hmm, I mean, from mm-hmm. in New York. So mm-hmm. I'm on 95 headed to D.C., right? I got a bottle in my lap the size of an eight-year-old toddler of Hennessy in my lap going to Henny Palooza. What was you thinking, John? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm headed there, right? My in boy your lap? Me. Like, you, you had already I, started? I was in the passenger seat. It was my birthday, so okay. I was in the oh, passenger seat. He okay, was dri- cool. yeah, I won't drive. All right. But I'm the on the way it's there. Pre-game. And, <laughs> yeah, pre-game. You pre yeah. you drinking henny to go to a henny party. Like, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, we was lit. Everybody we was, was lit. That, we was yeah. lit. We was having mm-hmm. fun. And so I remember him calling me on the way to that party. He was like, yo, I need you. So you need me. What's up? Whatever you need. I got you. He said, no, nah, I just need you. He wouldn't tell me what it was. Never heard from him again. Okay. And so I hope y'all hear the, the, the emotional turmoil I was in because I was drinking like I don't know what, like emotional drinking. Like I was in a hole. I was literally in hell mentally. Right. right. And so he called, he used my, my, one of my good friends and said, Yo, I need you. I said, Okay, cool. Went to the party, have fun, passed out, do, you know, had a homecoming fun, had a, the best fun ever. <laughs> Came back, looked on Instagram. I said, Dang, he's starting, to, he's doing something. What's this countdown thing he's doing? Oh, he's starting a church. Cool, I'm going to show up. That's my boy's church. I'm going to show up. I said, cool. Went out that Saturday night, came in, sat in the back because I smelled like the night before. Next thing I came back, I enjoyed it. I came back. Next thing I know, I was in, sitting in the middle. Before you know it, I was sitting in the front. Before you know it, I was on. I was doing offering, picking up offering. Before right. you know it, I was head of security. Before you know it, I was facilitating the men's life group and been doing it since day one. Had one guy. This is the beginning of the church. The church is five years old now. I'm a full-blown leader in that church, mm-hmm. facilitating men's group, was just with him. Uh, me and him, we have these 5 a.m. calls, check on each other, me and the pastor do an offering. Mm-hmm. And wait, I, wait, 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 let's go back. So he just needed you for help or for something? For, for the church. For that day? No, for he that, needed me. He, he told me, you know, for the whole entire, for bringing the church to life. Got you. I was about to get to that point. So he, he okay, came, okay. We, had a, yeah, we had a conversation. He said, Jeff. I don't know why God told me to do this, but he literally told me, you need, before you can start this church, you need Jeff. And he was like, Jeff? Because I had this reputation of, you know, Jeff is a wild boy. Yeah. Like, he out here in these streets. And I was, he was like, Jeff, you, you sure? 
And he was like, yes, God told me to go get you. And I can't start the church until I have you on staff or have you here. He said, when I saw you walk through the front door, he said, I almost dropped the mic in the middle of sermon because I didn't have no idea that you was going to do it. Like he said, I got goosebumps. And it, it confirmed that God was speaking through this whole thing. Now, right. I want people to hear, I wouldn't have done any of that if it wasn't for God to speak through my mom first. Then he spoke through my, then he spoke through my friend, right? Do I have a drink every once in a while? Yeah. Am I drinking a bottle, a toddler sized bottle of anything now? Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Nowhere near that. But it was because of how God spoke to to in use my, ways. yes, he used my people and who I really, you. there you go. And so God will lead you. He's not going to give it to you right then and there, but he's yeah. going to speak to you in small ways. It's like bread comes. Once you once once I was able to get past the test or not even the test or the speaking of my mom, he I was ready for the next level. Yeah, he could I couldn't go straight to Vernon because if I went straight to my pastor Vernon, we skipped my mom. I'd have still been home and I'm like I ain't coming out there for what? Right, I ain't going out there. I'm chilling right here where I'm at. I'm good. And so he had to speak through my mom to speak through to my um, my good friend. And so then here goes. I'm gonna go bring my marriage back into it. Now watch this. I hated marriage then. Hated the whole concept of marriage. It's like, I'm never doing it again. Never doing it Before, again. Before, after? This is after my divorce. So yeah, for what? Never doing that again. Wait, sidebar, right? what made you get married in the first place? And what made you choose service? I thought it was time. Okay. It was, it was, it was that was not got all. Got it all. I'm going to be honest with you. Up until, uh, when, I went to, when I was a young kid going to college, I mean, uh, to church, I went to church because it was girls there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't, like, there, I wasn't, I wasn't like you. I wasn't born to church. Like yeah. I went to church. Oh, but, but you come to church. All, the, all the bad biddies with the good head on their shoulders was there. Yeah, let me get them because they like bad boys. <laughs> they like bad boys. I was the one that they they dad don't want break. Don't you bring Jeff to my house? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm coming to church with the long white tee, Jordans, and baggy jeans. Like, oh, I'm here. What's good? Mm-hmm. I love God. <laughs> and you were probably the one that they thought they found. They wanted somebody who was at church, but still had that little edge. You had that little edge, but I was like, no, I'm just at church. <laughs> I'm just at church. I got. I'm all edge. <laughs> I'm all edge. Now, okay. now I'm probably like, I'm, I'm not now you can say, look, I got the edge and I got the church with it too. Right. Now. So now you can say that. But I remember back then, I was saying people, I was talking to my one of my good friends now. She, we known each other for 15 years. I told her straight up and down, I'm never getting married again. I don't like the concept of it. I was disappointed in the concept. I was disappointed. It was a bad taste. I'm never trying that again. It was almost like you ever had mm-hmm. like beets and eight beets. It's like, I'm not eating that mess again. That mess was disgusting. Never doing it again. Yeah. I want my three bedroom house, a big grill, a big dog, a basketball court, and then my son. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I want. And I'm good. And so it was funny because I got baptized, mm-hmm. right? I rededicated my life. And those who have never done it, I encourage you to re- get baptized. Because when I came out of that water, my whole perspective on life changed. It was like a, it was like I cleaned the lens off, yeah. and I I went from the TV with the uh, bunny ears to a high definition HD TV. Mm. It was like yo, I'm seeing stuff on this game that I've never seen before. That young lady that I told that I would never get married again, she's my wife now. I Literally. Love that. She's my wife. Yes, now. sis. I love that. <laughs> Literally. So she, she 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 jokes all the time. She was like, I didn't take you seriously when you was trying to shoot your shot. Mind you, we've known each other for 15 years. Right. So I shot my shot. She was like, I didn't take you seriously. You're you're Jeff. Like right, everybody knows Jeff. Yeah, why yeah. would you why would I go to that? Because yeah. you still got that little edge to you or whatever. Yeah. But it 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 was because the guy opened my eyes and saw things, saw her in a different way. 
I saw marriage in a different way. Let me show you what he did though. The, he gave me a whole new definition of what a husband is. He said, he said, you need to stop looking at it as an individual and start looking at it as a role. You're a leader, Jeff. I'm calling you to be a leader. If you remember, I told you way back, this thing started in high school on the football field and in the basketball court where people say, yo, the team gonna move how you move, Jeff. You're a leader, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, what that got to do? He said, if I'm gonna call you to leave the community and lead the church and leave the streets, Oh uh, yeah, lead the streets. Yeah, definitely. Let me say that. Lead the streets. Yeah. <laughs> you need something. You need something that you need to lead at home because the boys ain't gonna believe in you if you're not. If you're going home and you have nothing to lead, I said, yo, that's a completely different perspective. For real. For now real. I'm approaching it with a completely different like, perspective. With the the male ego that y'all already have, but I mean that's good. That's where that's, it's supposed yeah. to be now. Yeah. yeah. Now I now I have come in with a different perspective. It's like yo, if I don't do this, then I'm not being a leader. Right. And so, like, nah, my pride is too strong for that, dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to do this. What? Right. I got to see and watch out for? So All right, we'll see and watch out for. Because men do want to be that that guy, like, everywhere, yeah. like, with their homeboys on the court, like, at work. want to be that nigga. You want to be that nigga. That person, whatever. And it's just like, okay, yeah. but in your home, though, like, that, and that's where it really matters because that's, like, that's your legacy. Like, yeah. where on right in this present moment when you think about that, yeah. like, so I love yeah. that. That's a great way for men to like think about it. That's how you look at it. It's like if you can, if you're gonna be that nigga at the crib, then you can be that nigga anywhere you walk, anywhere you for walk. Be honest with you. And then like when you love a woman, right? Like she gives you everything and then more of like what you need to make you even are, more of that nigga. I tell men all the time, bro. She's an incubator. Whatever you give her, she's gonna produce it. If you give her a house, she's gonna give you a home. I'm telling you right now. If you give her SHIT, she's gonna give you hell. For real. I'm being real with you. That's how it is. Whatever you, whatever you give her, she's going to produce something out of it. Make sure what you give her, you, she can produce something that's yes. positive and produce peace out of it. Because that's what they do. They produce stuff. They right. make and things. And, and it's like men complain about, oh my God, like why is she make, acting like this or making this, whatever. It's like, because you gave her shit. So she yes, made it. Exactly. Exactly. So what you expect, this is what you're giving her. What do you expect her yeah. to to produce? Like, what do you expect her to give back? Like, and most it's women not... naturally want to like follow and mm -hmm. in that sense, mm -hmm. of course, because mm -hmm. really it's not. It's like we're right here, but yes, like you guys have something that like is built for leadership a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Personally, that's what I think. Y'all don't shoot me about that, but like, but only to somebody who knows what they're doing, and only to somebody who really mm -hmm. cares. You know what I'm saying mm -hmm. about me, my family, whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Because otherwise, like, why would I do that? It sounds like what if <laughs> it's like it's like I tell I tell a lot I use a lot of sports analogies for my men. It's like if you're the quarterback and you know for a fact that every time you throw the ball to that that receiver, he either drops it or he 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 doesn't get the first down, he either drops it or he fumbles it after he gets tackled. So he may catch it, but as soon as he gets tackled, he he fumbles it, right? Because his hands are not good, right? Mm -hmm. That's what she feels like. Every time she throws you the ball, you're right. either dropping it. You either fumbling it, and it's like he's like, "Yo, I ain't look at that way." He said, like, "Now the receiver on the other side, that five star recruit, every time he touches it, it's to the house. Every mm -hmm. time he touches, it, it's a first down. Every time he touches, it, it's a play. Every time you throw it, you can just throw it around him. One head catch, two head catch, catch behind his back. Like he's outstanding. He's on Sports Center every weekend, and of course, that's gonna be her favorite target. Of course, that's what every time she drops back, she's gonna want to go straight to him. Mm -hmm. So although, be that although, guy. Like she's gonna try, she's gonna try to do it with she's, you, but." After a while, it's kind of like, yo, what, so what would you say to the man who 
Because I feel like some men do this. I'm not sure if they really believe it or not, but they're kind of like, oh, maybe it's just not meant to work. I feel like all like relationships are work. Like it's going to be yeah. fumbled sooner than later. Yeah. But some some men, as soon as anything gets kind of hard or looks kind of shaky, they just like back away or do whatever. You know, like that's mm-hmm. what happens to a lot of like my friends has happened to me. You know what I'm saying? I, so here again, watch this analogy because you're going to love it. I will ask them, have you ever played sports? Ask them, have you ever played sports? And they're going to probably say yes. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell, tell them that same passion that you have to drive for that championship or that ring or to win that game or to overcome that adversity, why don't you have it with me? Why don't mm-hmm. you treat me the way you treated that championship? Because right. anytime you play sports or anytime you, you are in any type of uh, – competitive sports, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have adversity. You're going to face an injury. Good. You're going to face fatigue. You're going to be tired. Ask them how many times they have a hard practice and the, and the coach was like, one more, one more rep. They did, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So one, more rep, one more rep. And you're like, all right, I can do it. Because you know if you do that one more rep, it's going to make you stronger. And it's going to make you stronger so you can be stronger in the field or stronger on the court. And because you're stronger on the court, you're going to get one step closer to that championship. Ask them, why aren't you treating me the same way you treat that championship? You did everything. You sweated blood, sweat, and tears for that championship. I am your championship. I am your ring. Mm-hmm. Treat me as such. Because the same joy and, and, and excitement that you got from that championship, I can give it to you 10 times more. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, they're going to, it's a whole new you gotta work thing. for it. Yeah. We, we, we have men. to work for it. Not even yeah. just, you know, exactly. together. Together. It's, together. So it's a together thing. It's a together thing. And then once you change the perspective on how a man views the work, then he's going to put that work in. And once he put that work in, it's going to make you want to put that more work in too. Yeah. And then when both of y'all put in that work and when both of y'all are consistent on learning each other's love languages, when you both consistent on learning how each other talk to each other, mm-hmm. or both consistent on learning your ups and downs, Attached when both you got, yeah. And here's the beautiful thing. I also will tell men, now watch this though. I will also tell men, she is not responsible for your happiness. And I tell women that too. Vice versa. Not responsible for your happiness. Do not ask another human being, go back to what you're standing on. Are you standing firm or that you are courageous? Because mm-hmm. go, you should never ask another human being to be, provide your happiness. Oh, I love because she didn't make me happy. That ain't her job, bro. That ain't her At his all. job, sis. That's God's and, job. And when she's not, then what? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's like you're asking somebody, you're asking me to do something that I physically cannot do. I cannot mm-hmm. make you happy all the time. Now, there are moments where I could, and that's right. only because God is using me. The only reason I was able to gain peace yeah, is because my mom, good. God used my mom. So it was, it was, you cannot say, okay, she didn't make me happy for a whole year. She didn't make me happy. Bro, that ain't her job. That ain't her job. Sis, that ain't his job. Mm-hmm. It's God's job. I was gonna ask, but that kind of answered my question. Like, how do you do marriage now and then dating? But you answered all of that in that. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. I did want to ask about. We still have a little bit more to go. This Talk is really me. good. Just let me know yeah. if you have a time thing. We good. Probably about a good more fifteen minutes, and then we're good. That's perfect. Yeah, we good. Um, cool. Like about Derek Jackson and like that and like how people, not even just men, honestly, because it's. It, can go outside of even just like relationships, but use like the word, like manipulate it, like, and mm-hmm. use that to manipulate lots of like situations and stuff like that. And that's another thing that I think turns non-believers off, just like, what the hell did y'all have going on over there? Because 
that don't make any sense or whatever. Um, and not even the cheating because people do fall, whatever. But no, don't cheat. But just the whole thing within itself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I thought it was a publicity stunt. The whole thing. I swear, I thought it was a publicity stunt. And you want to know why? Because yeah. I had no idea who he was. Me neither. No idea who he was. If it wasn't for this mess right here, I would never went on his page. And I think there's a whole lot of people out here who sit in my shoes. So I believe maybe he did cheat, but I, I truly believe, now watch this. And now people have told me, nah, Jeffy, I don't know, I don't know, but my imagination is like on a thousand, especially when I read the Bible. My imagination is like, I'm putting yeah. Jordans in my Bible, in the Bible, I'm putting amusement parts in my Bible, I'm putting all kinds of stuff in the Bible. And so when I saw that, I was like, bro, he probably did this when they were date when they were dating something long, a long time ago. And so they they want to reenact this thing so that we can they so we right. can buy their book. And, and in so the I, book, in the book, he's talking about like that's the storyline of the yeah. book. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I truly believe, like, I truly believe that after that camera went off, they probably went and, get, and got some uh seafood balls. And they probably sitting around exactly. drinking wine and looking at the comments and laughing at each other. Like they right. probably hired a hired a special kind of me influencer. They, okay, I want you to sit like this. You hold her hand like this. I want you to say this, and then I want you to do that. Now, so that was my thought. I'm still sticking with it. I could be completely wrong. The one thing I do not like about it, though, let's say it's all true. Here's the thing I don't like about it, and this is another reason why I created God Plus Therapy. Mm-hmm. If this is true. And this is complete. Everything is going, what they're going through is actually facts, right? I don't want her to hide behind the spirituality. She's hiding behind God. Right. And a lot of Christians, what we do is we will hide behind God. I'm going to pray and I'm going to do this. And God got me. No, sis. No, sis. You're dealing with some mental stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't God address those down. things, mm-hmm. yeah, if you don't address those things, you're going to crumble. You really need to get out and address those mental stuff, that mental stuff that you're dealing with, those mental thoughts, those self-defeating thoughts that you're having late at night, those mm-hmm. self-harmful vocabulary words that you're using later during the day, you know, with your girlfriend right. or behind the door, the things that you're saying to yourself, how you're mm-hmm. communicating to yourself. If you don't deal with those things, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you don't want to be. Right. And, and but what, she's the- what you said before, which I love this, and I'm going to take this, so I hope the, the listeners do too, but like, what do you know yourself to be? And what do you know, like God wants you to be like being mm-hmm. courageous, mm-hmm. not being a fear, not fear. being insecure. Like mm-hmm. if you go through her, her post, it was full of fear and insecurity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. self-doubt and things that are not of God. Not of God. So just that right there can let you know, sis. She's not good. She's not good. <laughs> and then you hit, right. She's not good. And then you hear her say, no, I'm fine. I'm praying to God. We're praying God protecting us. And God is doing that. And then what you're doing is you're creating people like that guy who asked that question in the pen pile. Right. Because he's like, but you're saying God got you. But two days ago, your post said that you are full of fear, that you're dealing with stress and you're dealing with depression and you're mm-hmm. sad. And, and when we saw the video, you said that with the meanest attitude the whole time. And it's like, yeah. this doesn't look like God. It's like, and so a lot of Christians, what we do, and again, I'm not, I don't want people to hear right. me uh, like here. I want, I don't want people to hear this and not say, oh, he don't like God at all. No, yeah, you no. got to pray, but you cannot just be in high behind that prayer and not put any work to it. And this is good. Cause this is good for just our whole combo period, because if she was going to therapy in this whole situation, this wouldn't even be a thing. You know what I'm These saying? Like different. 
it would look very much so different. So that's why we say God plus therapy, because like, it wouldn't be like that. Your would therapist would be different. like, hold on sis. Yeah. Even if, even, even if, even if she decides the way to work it out would look different. The way so, they would look, work, it yeah. would look completely different. The way they even came to the camera and to show us all that. Completely that different. At home. Perfect example. Perfect example. If you look at Prince Harry and, and, um, help me out. What's your Prince sister name? Prince Harry and Meghan. Yeah. Meghan. Meghan. Meghan Markle. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. If you look at how they handled their situation, you can tell they're still in love. You can right. see a man protecting, and I know they it's a completely different situation. Right, but no, but yeah, I can see the you can see their their like the difference. Like this man is running, I mean, taking his wife away from uh, royalty, right? And you just see the connection with them, right? With mm -hmm. them, you don't see any connection with them with Jackson, yeah. right? And it's because it's because like they're just going off of pure emotion. And if you go through therapy, you learn how to not go off your emotion mm -hmm. and how to put your thoughts before your emotion. And so even the Rika Selman, even when they're trying to get together, it will look different. It will right. feel different. You will feel the love in it. You will feel the peace in it. I'm sitting here trying to think of a couple that actually went through this and actually good right now. Uh, 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 what's one of the, the Mary Mary sisters? There's one of them. I know. It's, so oh, this I one's not as big. Yeah, her Sarah husband cheated. Black love a lot. Yeah, black her husband cheated years. multiple times. Yeah, but if you see them together now, you would think they they're at least connected. Yes, which make me feel safe about her. Like yes, you know, right. Like, you don't. Some see people can actually take that in a sense. You know, like mm -hmm. it depends on what they've been through, what they've mm -hmm. seen. But like, are you connected? Are you safe? Are you sound? Like that right. story. Right. That's good. That's it. Okay, That's it. On, keep going. No, no, you good. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. To bring this on to um, the next thing, um, this is actually my brother's question, my older, my older brother's question. He was right. saying, since like, I'm gonna try to, he's so articulate, I'm gonna try to, <laughs> okay. So there's like hella different narratives on 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 social media. So of what like a man, quote unquote man, you know, mm -hmm. should be or what the idea of it is. So we have like Derek Jackson's, we have the just people on mm -hmm. like a Mike Todd, whoever the case may be, who's love mm -hmm. Mike Todd. But then we also mm -hmm. have things like Lil Nas X and like that whole mm -hmm. storyline. And just mm -hmm. like, even just like um, Dwayne Wade's son and like all of that mm -hmm. type of stuff. And it's just like so much going on. And even we can even take it to how it's like a bunch of kids, like YouTube kids and influencers who are becoming millionaires at like 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And like younger men and younger women have access to seeing all this stuff on social media now. Before, all we had to watch was like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> ah, you was Ninja now <laughs> we have like a 15 year old kid being like, you can become a YouTube Bitcoin millionaire. What are you doing? It's like, I'm trying yeah. to be a lifeguard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so with all of that, like, and when it comes to identity and like your son and stuff like that, like, it, or also what would you tell like your younger self and your son in a sense of like, the cutting out the noise, but still like finding your own identity freely. And, and I do love the access that the internet has all gave us because this wouldn't happen if we didn't have mm -hmm. it as well. Mm -hmm. Like a son or yourself growing up now, like, you know, what would be like your advice to them? Like, what would you tell them on how to just like stand true in yourself and develop your own identity? Whether that mm -hmm. is you being transgender, whatever, whether that is, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the case mm -hmm. may be, but it's just so mm -hmm. much, it's just so much. It's kind the of just like, ah. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot. So the one thing I would tell my son or my and my younger self and your brother and whoever else is dealing with this, mm -hmm. the, the Christian mind is, is not uh, anti-culture. It's just counterculture. 
So what I mean by that, now watch this. If you're dealing with, if you're in a season where you don't know who you are, you don't know your identity, the last thing you need to do is watch watch uh, movies, listen to podcasts of people giving you giving you, you your identity or telling right. you who, who you are. Because that's the world, the world is going to eventually, is going to always tell you who you are. You need, you need coping mechanisms to, tell, to combat that narrative, right? The easiest thing to do is I am statements. That's the easiest thing to do mm-hmm. is create your I am statements. Because here's the thing. If I'm dealing with substance abuse issues, the last thing I need to do is be watching Scarface. Right. If I'm dealing with, if I'm dealing with, uh, if I'm trying, if I'm dating this young lady and she doesn't want me, um, we don't want to have sex until we get married. The last thing I need to do is be at home watching porn. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I'm going to even go watch stuff deeper. I'm going to use porn again. If my marriage, when we're inside of marriage and we can open up this gift called sex and stuff like that, if if my marriage bed is not what it's supposed to be and I want it to be a little bit more, the last thing I need to do is watch porn because what it's going to do is it's going to create this facade in your mind and then you can come to your wife and say, look, I want to flip you upside down, put your leg up in the air. Your wife might be like, nah. And now she don't really want to do that with you. Now you're frustrated because you went out and got some some information for something that you weren't yeah. supposed to do instead of sitting down saying, babe, what are you comfortable with? <laughs> and saying stuff like that. And so here's the thing. When you're trying to find your identity, you need to limit the resources that are telling you, trying to yeah. tell you what you are. Because everything we turn on is going to say, like you said, oh, be this, oh, be that, or oh, do this, or oh, do that. You live in America. You could be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Even Jordan picked up a baseball and we saw what that happened. You mm-hmm. weren't supposed to be over there. Right. You weren't supposed to be over there. Yeah, right. You were called to play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's what you were called to do. That's, that's how you inspired others. You inspire mm-hmm. nobody picking up that baseball. And so the key is, here's the key. You have to sit in your and sit in your own on your own space. You have to figure out, okay, before I figure out who I am, I gotta figure out what I am. Okay. I'm a man of peace. I'm a, I'm a mentally strong. I'm confident. I'm focused. I am a good husband. I am a good father. I am a good, I am a, a business owner. I'm a producer. I'm I'm you gotta find out what you are first. Because right. once you find out what you are, you're gonna open up the doors for opportunity. And opportunity don't just show up yeah it doesn't just show up it's showing up because you did something and you walked as such like you walked yes. like you were all you those walked it. opportunity sees you like yo he over there doing something let me knock on his door i ain't knocking on somebody's door that i don't know because i don't care about what you're doing right you ain't doing nothing i ain't go i don't want it i ain't gonna go on your door but i'm gonna knock on your door because i see you doing something it's like yo he or she's doing something what else you got going on because i can give you this and so you're walking in a way, you're walking in what you know you are. You're not allowing the world, you're not t- allowing Lil Nas X to tell you what you are, to go do this, to go do that. If you're going to be gay, then be gay. Yeah. You're not Courageous. doing it because somebody Courageous. else is doing exactly. it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not doing it because someone else is telling you to do it. You're not being a rapper because someone else is doing being a rapper. You're being a rapper because you sat at home. Yeah, you sat at home and said to yourself, this is what I am. This is what I am. Yeah. This is what brings me peace. Mm-hmm. This is what, this is what, and then you, and then, and then here's the, you go even a step deeper and you have, you have to ask God, God, is this what you called me to be? Mm-hmm. I thought I was a probation officer for 13 mm-hmm. years of my life. I identified mm-hmm. that. God was like, no, I'm calling you to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. You are a counselor, John. It's like, oh, I was in the wrong space this entire time. Imagine what I'd be. How much money I would have if I started off doing this mess, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so when you have to sit down and say, God, show me, speak to me. How am I, what, what is it that you want me to be? What area you want right. me to be in so that I can delight your, delight you. 
so I can be in delight. So you can call me your son. So you can call me your daughter. And then once you are in his will, his calling, guess what? Oh, my God. You're going to be hand over fist with the money exactly. coming in and hand over fist. And, We're then, so and with the peace. Like, that's how you know where you're supposed to be because yeah. the peace is there. It's the peace. It's the peace that you it. can, you, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like you're being forced to do this. This is right. something I've been called to do. I've been called to do this. You've been called to do this podcast, which yeah. is why it brings you so much peace. Mm -hmm. This is a calling of yours. Mm -hmm. You've been called to bring people together to get information out into the world. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing it effortlessly. You can do it at two o'clock in the morning. You can yeah. get off right this way and go get on another conversation mm -hmm. with somebody else because you love to do it and because right. God has given you that gift to do it. And not because somebody on, on, on Instagram told you to do it. Right. You know, very true. I love so that. you have to limit yourself. You can't be, you got to take time where you say, you know what, for this week, I'm not going to get on Instagram mm -hmm. or you have to, you have to limit like your interaction with certain pages. I, I, I got to stop following this page because every time I see this page, now I'm comparing myself to that page. Mm -hmm. And now I find myself in, in, in this space of imposter syndrome or I find the spirit, the spirit of, of, of the perfectionism coming yeah. in. And once perfectionism coming in, it's like, yo, you just, you out bad now. Now you feel like you you can do no wrong, mm -hmm. and we only grow when we do wrong. <laughs> mm, that's, good. that's good. Okay, okay. So we're almost yeah, we're almost being okay. We got three more questions. All right. I almost forgot about this one, but it was well, two things I wanted okay. to talk about is sex before marriage, and then mm -hmm. also with you talking about like your experience with um drinking and things like that, like. What do you see now as a healthy balance for it all? Or like, what is your mm -hmm. thoughts on both of them? Because I feel like a lot of us do indulge or whatever. And there's definitely like some people can handle more than others to each mm -hmm. its own in all different ways. Um, but sometimes also Christianity is like, don't do this. Don't do that. That's how I was raised and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, what do you think about that? We can do sex before marriage first and then okay. also talk about indulging in all whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the sex before marriage thing, I am not gonna sit here and be a hypocrite and say don't do it when I've done it before. Right. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you to be, I'm not, uh, and I've never done it. I completely understand that sometimes our flesh just takes over. Mm -hmm. um, but we do understand that you're not. Sex is meant for marriage. Um, it's a gift when done correctly. Um, it's an amazing thing. Don't lose the desire to do it. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing I get frustrated with churches. The churches tell us, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Right. Pray the desire way, pray the desire way. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not praying my desire way. I'm right. not doing it. Because That's if I pray that desire way and then I get in my marriage and then I don't have the desire to do it, what's the point of getting married? <laughs> what's the, like, yo, what are you doing? Like, this is what we supposed to get married for. We supposed to do this. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Without, without any, without any uh, remorse or guilt. Like, look, right. the fact that I got married, I could do this before I go to church. <laughs> right, 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 right. But but again, I'm again, I'm not going to sit here and, and be a, hip, a hypocrite. Like I've done it. I went to college, lived the undergrad mm -hmm. life. I was a I'm frat, you know. Like I've mm -hmm. done it. Now my wife didn't. Right. She did. And one thing about here's the thing I get frustrated too about church because what happens is they get this. You get this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And when you get married, there's individuals who still feel like you're not supposed to do it. So yeah, I don't them, know what, yeah. Yeah, so they in this like weird limbo world. It's don't like, want to talk am, about it. And am I allowed to do it? Oh, you want to do what? It's like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, yeah. Do I need to say it again? We're like, yo. <laughs> how about, how about I'm going to say it? You go, you go think about it, ponder about it. We come back and talk about it. Right. Yeah, I, I want to do that. And I just don't want to do that on holidays. <laughs> right. My but, whole thing, like, let me interlude real quick. It's like, um, 
at first I was like, nah, like that'll make no sense to me. I don't understand why. Cause it seemed like more so of like a punishment situation, like wait yeah. for this. And then also it seemed like if you do it, you're going to go to hell at my church back in the day. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, it was like that. So it was scary. Yeah. But now that I'm older and now that I've found God for real, for real, I get like where it's coming from. I don't think it was in the thing to where like, you know, like let's save this for this. It's in a thing to where when you're building something like, a relationship, your marriage, your home, whatever, like sex and like that can cloud your brain and cloud yeah. a lot of stuff and make you think things are not what they are, make you, um, I guess, like more lenient towards things you would normally be, whatever. So I think that's really what he put that in there for in a yeah. sense it's just to like, and whether it's like marriage physically or just like you knowing yourself and you knowing them for real, for real mm -hmm. outside of you just, loving their little stuff you know what i'm saying like that's what i think he meant so you guys can have a strong marriage a foundation mm -hmm. to continue mm -hmm. further his will mm -hmm. yeah. that's what I, and i'm like okay so it's, it's, i get it i get it yeah. <laughs> but, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and again you i mean so 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 personal thing with my wife and i when we were when we were dating and we were recording um we didn't do it we didn't do it and right. i remember and again flesh takes over so there was been moments where we were on the couch and stuff like that and she literally will stop me I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. But yeah, and so it was it was moments where we stopped and we had to go pray. And I'm like, all right, this is awkward. Mind you, I'm right. not the one who lived in church, who was born in church. Like she was, I was adopted to church. <laughs> she was molded right. by the church. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, pray for what? Like, what we like, we're just kissing. And so, mm -hmm. and so I, I had to respect that. I had to completely respect it. And it made sense. Again, mm -hmm. one of those things you don't want to open up a gift prematurely. Right. You never want to open up a gift especially, and especially with a person that you actually, I think actually, men right. take that as like a plus because with a person that you actually want to be with, you want to do everything, you right. know, in the best way. And that's yeah. really what it's about. The people that you want to actually be with, you want to make sure you're doing it mm -hmm. right. If you remember, guess, you, remember, right. you remember what I said, that first statement was be guarded with the exactly. gift that be guarded with exactly. that gift. And you don't want to just you don't, not only do you want to, you don't want to give your time up. You don't want to give your money up. You don't want to give, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You don't want to give your emotions up. You don't want to give your body up. Like you just want to be guarded with that gift because that gift is only given once. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, yeah, he look good. Yeah, she look good. She might be thick as I don't know what. She might be Megan Stalin thick. You know what I mean? Yeah. She might <laughs> got that walk. But again, yeah. you want to be guarded. You want to be guarded with your body because again, you lay down with that. Who knows what's going to happen when you come up mentally? Yeah emotionally all the time in the world like if that is your wife is or isn't y'all got all the time in the world you got all the time in the world like you can do whatever you wherever you want to do it it's your right. wife and that's the and beautiful nice thing about that like, deal. Take your time and have levels and yeah steps. yeah yeah i like yeah. that a lot mm -hmm. okay um okay and then lastly well we actually we kind of answer the other ones so i'm just going to go on to the last part I, this is like on, yeah on the grief topic and this is from my brother also and okay. me too so if i tear up sorry but um, that's all right that's all right <laughs> so we lost um my brother's best friend who was like my best friend as well like like our whole brother right okay so um this was last december so he was it was like my first time losing someone ever and i didn't know what it would okay. feel like and honestly i think god made me strong i'm like the only girl i have a huge yeah. princess conflict so i'm the one who's gonna fall out and you know whatever <laughs> so for some reason i was like so strong I don't know where it came from but like of course my brothers they just it was a lot for them um but so his question was kind of like he described their relationship like David and Jonathan in the bible like they were besties for real for real 
bounce ideas off of, like all of the dreams and plans they had as like homeboys, like some start to come to fruition and whatever the case may be. But one thing that's like getting to him is like, like something, I guess some encouraging words for someone who feels like, damn, all these dreams and stuff we had planned, like Mm -hmm. I won't be able to see that with him. Mm -hmm. And like, those are like, that's one question that he had. Um, so okay. he was there and then he had two other more, but all that were on grief. But that was like his top three feelings is what I'm about to express to you right now. So it's a dope topic. And I'm glad that he, because um, I'm thinking, God, I'm, I'm, I feel like God is putting me into becoming, adding more to my counseling um, helmet or my tool shed. Because I started doing more research on it. And I think I might go back and get some license on it. But um, the grief thing is tough. It's extremely tough. And I am in the middle of dealing with it myself. Yeah. Now I'm putting yeah. the stories together with your mom. Yeah. And even yeah. That okay. So in November, no, in September, my mom passed out of nowhere. I, it was the worst 11 days of my life. Out of nowhere. Be a week before she passed, she literally rode her bike 2.3 miles with my dad. Literally. Like she was fit and everything and just, yeah. Literally. And just like they, every day it was something different. From white blood cell count was high. We had to put her on the incubator. She had to go to ICU. She was, the blood pressure was going to high. We can't do a bone marrow to test out what uh, cancer this is because of the blood pressure, because of the white blood cell. Now she she went into cardiac arrest. If we go in another one, she's gone. If we keep if we do a um, if we do the breathing joint, it's gonna break a rib. I my mom passed with me sitting Indian style on the floor, looking at her on the bed. So I'm sitting there like, bruh, at what point, God? Did you think it was good at the age of 36 hmm. to take my rock away from me? Right. Every issue that I've ever been through, my mom was right there pointing me in my chest saying, this is not who I raised. I remember in college, my senior year laying up, sitting on the floor, studying for like a, what was a poly, political science class, oh, some crap. Like I was, I was sitting there, notebook <laughs> papers all over the place. I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm not going to pass this class. And so yeah. I called my mom and she literally, she said, she always knew how to get me going. She said, I ain't paying for for, uh, for college. You had a four year scholarship, mm-hmm. four years and you done. Get out of there four years. I'm yeah. not paying for you. I was what like, you all right, let me get it. Let me get it right. Let me get mm-hmm. it right. But so I'm glad, but I'm glad again, I'm glad of this. And then two months later, my grandmother, her mom. So we had mm-hmm. to relive the same funeral home. Dealing with the same, putting funeral stuff together, mm-hmm. preparing to speak in, in the funeral at the funeral. And I'm sitting there like, bro, come on now. Come on, bro. Come on. And so now it's a point where and there, this is a pain that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Right. The loss of a parent or a sibling or something like that. Like, yeah. that's a pain that I have never felt before. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's it's weird thing about it. And it's I'm glad you said forgive me if I cry because one thing that people don't understand is one minute you could be laughing, two minutes you bam. No, it's like, yo. Last <laughs> like, Saturday this? I was like ballistically crying because my little brother came to visit for the first time. Yeah. I guess just being around my brother reminded me of like that is yeah. our brother. He my mom raised him as well. Yeah. Although he was not my physical, you know, my you know, mm-hmm. my physical brother, or whatever. So being around my little brother. I don't know why I just it just hit me because everyone hit was supposed yep. to visit and I couldn't mm-hmm. take it. Yeah, and I was I, fine. Trust me, I'm sitting there. I got pictures in my phone that I would never delete, even though some of them were triggers. Like I'm like, she would never see, she would never see my son grow up anymore. Yeah, you know, it's like what in the world. Oh, um, so it's like okay, she would never see my daughter grow 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 up or take her first steps. Mm-hmm. It's like what in the world is going on here? Like how do I move forward? How do I keep going? Right. 
And so I to answer your your brother's question, I'm gonna give two answers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give a spiritual answer, and then I'm gonna especially give a practical answer because I like I don't like to just give motivation and then tell you going about your business. Now I need right. I need, I love to give people things to actually do. Um, the spiritual answer. God took me to a story in the book. Let me show you how my imagination works. He took me into a story in the book. And in the story the book, again, it's between Genesis and Revelation. Don't ask me where. I just know it's in there. Okay? <laughs> fact check me. You can Google it. It's in there. Right? Mm-hmm. So in this story, Jesus told the disciples, he said, let's get in the boat and let's go across the, the water. Let's go to the other side. And so I'm thinking, again, my imagination is solid. I'm thinking there's some sneaker stores over there. There's, there's like some parties joints over there, some clubs mm-hmm. over there, some, there's some stuff over there to do. It's like food over there, all these high-end stores over there. It's like, it's lit over there. I don't want to, mm-hmm. we're going. If Jesus wants to go over, go over there, it's a reason why he wants us to go over there. But in this story, as soon as they got in the boat, a storm came. Again, my imagination hit. And I'm thinking it's like Katrina on 3000, right? Because mm-hmm. in the story, it said the boat is rocking. The, uh, the disciples are trying to get water out the boat. It's lightning, the wind going, the storm. It's like, it's just a big, giant storm. And then the disciples ran to the back of the boat, and Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleep, chilling, or laying his head on the pillow, just relax. Mm-hmm. And they waking him up really, really fast. And this is what this is the first story God took me to after my mom passed when I was in that the first phase of anger. It's, mm-hmm. it's seven stages of it. But that first phase of anger, like, God, why? What are you doing? What is this? pissed off at you right now mm-hmm. and he took me to that store and they went back and they were shaking him up waking him up waking him up he said do you not know do you not care that we're going to die this is what the disciples saying to him do you not care that we're going to die like our lives are in danger here we're freaking out jesus what in the world are we going to do what's going to happen how are we going to get to the other side this storm is going to destroy the boat jesus mm-hmm. got him and said wind be still and the wind was still mm-hmm. the wind was peaceful Right. And so God said two things out of that story. He said, the promise is still the promise. Your promise is still the promise. You're still going to be an amazing counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to, I was, I mean, you, then you got to top on COVID in quarantine and all my speaking games that I have set up right. for 20, uh, 2021 or 2020, 2021, 2021, all of those things and everything that uh, I lost in 2020. They're still gonna, he said, they're still gonna happen. You're still gonna, you're, you're still gonna be what I'm called you to be. So don't freak out. Then he said, you have to engage me first. Mm-hmm. In order for me to stop the storm, you have to engage me first. So the first thing I'm gonna tell you and your family mm-hmm. is you have to engage God first. Mm-hmm. You have to. That's the first thing the disciples did. They ran back there and they engaged him into the situation. God, mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. Do you not care that this thing this is, is killing me lot. inside? This is insane. Uh, it's yeah. a lot. I feel like I'm going to fall apart. And he woke up and said, be still. Now, if we have if the disciples have never done that, they'll still be trying to get water out of the, the boat. Yeah. They'll still be freaking out. So the first thing we have to do, because I'm including me in this, because we all in the same boat. You mm-hmm. lost your brother. I lost my mom and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. We have to engage God first. Mm-hmm. So those moments, and you know what moments I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When those moments come, embrace those moments and say, God, I'm having a moment. That's all you have to do. Say, God, I'm having a moment. Because now you're allowing yourself to embrace that, to hold that moment and, and live in that moment. Because mm-hmm. we know the moment doesn't last long. It's a quick moment, like, oh, crap, yeah. something remind me. Crap, I'm crying. Ooh, I'm, I can't take it, take it no more. <laughs> yeah, I can't take it no more. All right, I'm going to sit in this moment. sit in this moment. All right, let me get myself together. Let me get myself together. And then, boom, you're back to normal. Mm-hmm. 
And then you have to engage and in, in, in engaging God in the moment like that. You have to literally say out loud, God, I'm having a moment. I need you. I'm having a moment. I need you. I need your peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're being, you're being guarded again. Mm-hmm. You're guarding your, your emotions right now against what that moment, what the enemy is trying to do in that moment. Right. And you're standing firm and knowing that God's going to give you that peace. That's the spiritual answer. Mm. that's the spiritual answer the promise is still the promise so mm-hmm. even though you may feel like you lost a part of your body he still is holding on god don't lie god doesn't when god moves he's always in production he's mm-hmm. always producing something good even when it feels like he's not moving he's still producing something in us mm-hmm. all right and then the second thing is making sure you engage in him engage him in the mm-hmm. situation engaging him in your emotions don't let him try to hold those emotions on by yourself Engage with those emotions. The third thing, this is the mo- this is the practical thing. Find yeah. somewhere that gives you peace. That can't nobody touch you with. Right. For me, I, I promise you, for me, I turned my backyard into a complete oasis. I went and got a fountain off of Amazon. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went and got a fire pit. I got backyard lights. I got a little table for my little cocktails. Yeah. I got a table. I got grill. I got a big giant table. Like, I turned my backyard into something peaceful. Yes. Right. So that it, anytime I need to do something or anytime I need to go find peace, can't nobody touch me there. Nobody's allowed to touch me there unless I invite you there. Mm-hmm. My backyard is fenced in. It's right about mm-hmm. here. It's fenced in. And like I go out there and I just sit late at night, early in the morning, in the middle of the day. I do that. Mm-hmm. I find myself and I just sit in peace. Mm-hmm. And I just because I, I know what this what this group thing can bring. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Here's another thing I do. I embrace naps. Literally, when I get off work at two o'clock, I go. I come up. Say, I come home. I'm gonna lay down and take me a nap. And so I want him to hear. Like I want you guys to hear the big picture here. Find things to do that bring you peace. Right. Physically, if I don't just don't just not do anything. Don't just because you have to intentionally. Intentionally. Oh, that's you took the word right out of my mouth. You have Mm -hmm. to be intentional about finding the peace now. Because if we don't, your mind is going to go idle and the enemy is going to play on the grief. Mm-hmm. And that grief is going to create new um, emotions that you didn't even know you had. It's going right. to trigger emotions and things that you didn't even know that was in there. So what you have to do is understand that I have to intentionally find things. Even if it's just me taking a walk, playing um, rain music in my headphones while I take the walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional about those things because the things that you've done before this moment, they're not going to work anymore. Because mm-hmm. those are the things you did when this moment didn't exist. Now this moment exists. You almost have to create yeah, new things really do. to address a whole new you. Because this is a whole new you. People are not going to people, people when people say time is going to heal, mm-hmm. they ain't never experienced stuff like this. It's going to be here forever. Yeah, this is one of those moments. And I don't want to scare people when I say that 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 grief is going to be here forever. Yeah, it may be here forever, but you're going to be so much stronger because of it, That's because good. it's causing and forcing you to do something different. Right. And again, I said this earlier, we thrive and we, we thrive, we're supposed to thrive. Some people don't, but we're supposed to thrive and become stronger in those uncomfortable spaces when we embrace yeah. those uncomfortable spaces. And so, so now we're thriving. So hard yeah. like that. You can only be better if that's what you, you can choose. only be better. Unless you choose to just the hardest thing yeah. ever. Like yeah. You can do anything at me. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yes. It's one of those things where either you're going to choose to get out of the bed and, and literally embrace these moments and find, literally find things to do. Now, some people might say, well, I'm in a space where I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't find it. Well, the first thing you need to do is start. You need to change your narrative. You need to change your vocabulary. Yeah. The reason you can't find it is because you're telling you yourself you that. can't find it. Yeah. 
I be yelling at my friends whenever they say they can't do something. I'm yeah, like, it's like you tell me so annoyed. <laughs> you ain't even giving yourself you not even giving yourself a, a, yeah. a fighting chance to actually spot to see if uh, taking a shower is gonna give you peace. Literally. To see if, if if taking a walk is gonna Sometimes give you even peace. Just walking outside will just make your mind just do something different. Like you, you have gotta to. get you gotta get there. You have to, you cannot just say, All right, I'm dealing with grief and then go sit on the couch. And then turn on or turn on Instagram, turn on CNN. Turn right. on, you know, now you're looking at death all over the place. You're looking at people, other people who are not dealing with the death. Now you're blind, leaving the blind before you know mm -hmm. it. You taking medication, you're you doing right. some uh self-medicating. You're you're um next thing you know, you got a loaded pistol in your hand. Literally. Literally. That brings me to my next thing in a sense. I was really like proud of him for even expressing this because I know a lot of people just wouldn't. Um, but he said, well, he, so we, he, he lost one friend, um, back in high school that drowned. It was a tragic thing. And then now this one, and my brother is so talented beyond smart, the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Um, and I'm biased probably, you but met whatever. Me. <laughs> yeah. Before you met me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. No, for real though. Like, and so he was kind of saying in a sense, he would have these thoughts and he would be like, why them and not me like because he's mm -hmm. he's so humble he's like they're way smarter mm -hmm. they had so much more to give mm -hmm. to the community mm -hmm. to whatever mm -hmm. all this type of stuff and he'll so he'll think that like why them and not me and i didn't even have an answer for that because mm -hmm. i never even felt that or even heard it mm -hmm. before so mm -hmm. i was like dang like okay that 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 can be uh, i want to encourage him to stop using that narrative stop asking right. that question Right. Stop asking that question because that question can cause these 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 uh, self-defeating thoughts that you may not be an ad I mean adequate enough to do what you're called to do. Right. And so so what happens is people will say why them and not me and feel like that's being humble, but that's not being humble. It's almost being selfish. Right. You're questioning God on what He's doing at that moment. Right. All right. And there's nothing, no problem with asking questioning God or what he's doing in that moment, but you don't want to do it to the point where it's going to cause you to question yourself mm -hmm. because now you're not what they would want you to be doing. Yeah. Now you're like, not standing who firm. Would who not you want him are. To be thinking that. He'd be like, my nigga, no, stop yeah, it right, right. now. Chill, yeah. bro. Like we good. Like we good. Yeah. But now you're, now you're questioning that when you ask that question, why them and not me, you're essentially asking, you're like not standing firm in who you are. We gotta go. God has you. It's why them not you is because you are called to do something. Like they might have already done what they needed to do. They would need to do. They already done. And here's we the talk here's, about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is that thing. People don't understand that suffering. When we suffer like this, it's only going to bring information that's going to cause inspiration. Mm. Suffering brings information that causes inspiration. Mm. Perfect example is that Kobe. Mm. We all suffer Kobe. But guess what Kobe's death did? It provided information. What information did it provide? It's dope to be a girl dad. Mm -hmm. And now watch this. And it's dope to actually practice and dedicate yourself to what It's dope to your craft, whatever your craft is. Like you got like, mama vitality and everything. Mama vitality and being a lawyer. Mama vitality and being a doctor. Mama vitality and being a, a podcast uh, host. Like, But yeah, here's the beautiful thing about that, though. It's dope to be a girl dad. Now, he's, they showed the world how dope it was to be a girl dad. Mm -hmm. Now, watch the inspiration. We had a whole hashtag. And, and it's a whole hashtag. It's a whole movement of girl dad. Now, guys are dressing up in tutus in the backyard. No, for real. Dad. 
her which hashtag girl dad. Will, which will change so much on just because women have like daddy issues and all these things. Like that's going to change, change so much. That was a generational change. And that's so I want to encourage your brother to not say why them and not me, because when he says that, he's missing the information that's going to inspire him to make a change. Yes, that's good. Because so his mind is clogged up on why them not me, why them not me. And if he can clear that out of his mind, he's gonna he's gonna have a sound mind, a clear mind. He's gonna gain some information off this suffering, and it's gonna inspire him to not only change his life, but change your life, change mm-hmm. his boy's life, change his family life, change his future kid's life. But he mm-hmm. first has to stop asking him that question, I love so that. that he can gain the information. Thank you. Okay, my last question. Let's I get it. To, um, like just to close it out. Um, right. I guess like. It would be in a sense like, what does God, what does God's love mean to you, or how would you personally describe God's love? And then we could just like end it there. Have you ever seen a clip, the clip where I'm gonna show you what God's love looks like, and it's it's weird because it doesn't make sense, but it's gonna yeah. make sense. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna make sense. So this is what God love looks like to me. Have you ever? Um, I seen the clip where there was a bunch of like uh, dogs, like hound dogs. And they were barking at, um, I don't know if it was a bobcat or a, it was some type of wild animal. They were mm-hmm. barking at it. They were, they, were, they were hound dogs. They were trying to figure out how to attack this dog, mm-hmm. how to attack this dog. And the hunter had this pit, probably like the size of me, mm-hmm. in, the back, in the back of the truck. He opened up the gate. The pit came out. wasn't no barking. He ran straight to it, grabbed him in the neck, and took him down. Mm-hmm. When I hear God's, when I think of God's love, I think it's like that. It's that aggressive. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm gonna love you so much that I'm gonna take you down. I'm gonna lo- it's reckless. It's true reckless love. Right. That that nothing's gonna stop me from loving you. I don't care what you did in the college. I don't care right. what you did last night. I don't care what you're doing right now. I don't care what you're thinking right now. I still love you. I just love right. you, and I want you to love me back. God's love is uh, you cannot describe it. You can't. It's one of those things where. You only place on this earth where you're going to find peace. Right. It's the true definition of love. The true definition of love. It's like when you saw Jesus and how he handled uh, Judas, true definition of love. Mm -hmm. How he washed his feet, washed those guys' feet in the Mm -hmm. Last Supper, true definition of love. How he was still humble when those people were throwing rocks at him, true definition of love. When he was hung on the cross and still said, God, Forgive them for they do not know what they've done. True definition of love. Love is doesn't it does it's not boastful. It endures. It does not keep a record of wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. The true definition of love. And I and I look at love and I see people carry this thing out of love. Oh, he don't love me because he didn't get me dinner. That ain't love. That ain't exactly. love. That ain't love. If you want to know love, I want you to read the story and how and watch how Jesus how Jesus behaved at the Last Supper. That's how you see love. That's mm-hmm. the definition of love in my eyes. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. This was no, thank you. the best. I don't even know where this random thought on Easter. I'm like literally tearing up. Like, <laughs> okay, bring it in, bring it in. Okay, this random thought like on Easter, I was like, oh my God, this would be so good. But I didn't even think how it would go. I didn't like, all I knew was the combo that I heard. And honestly, I thought that you were a grief therapist. That's what I thought or yeah. whatever, because of how you were speaking about it on the, um, on the call so yeah yeah, that like if you ever were even thinking about adding that to your stuff for sure should definitely do that especially for like black people who experience so much grief like yeah 
That'd be amazing. But no, thank you for all for this. Um, I'll let you know when everything comes out. Okay. This is great. This is great. Thank I'm you. about to go up here and cry, but yeah. <laughs> Have that healthy I'm cry. cry baby. They, my listeners know that I'd be crying, so we're good. But yeah. There's nothing wrong with a yeah. good cry. Crying is taking the soul to the laundry. Right. <laughs> Thank you.